You're listening to Work Tape, episode 58. Welcome to the Work Tape Podcast, everyone. It's your host, Isaac Grover, and with me in the studio today is Kevin Malara. Christina was not able to make the last episode. She has her own things on her own plate. So Kevin was gracious enough to be lending his own voice on this episode. How's it going? It's going all right, Kevin. So you are an aspiring sound engineer. I mean, you've been sound engineering for a long time, right? I, I guess in my mind, not so much officially or anything. I didn't have much of a concept of what that was just a few short months ago. But after... um realizing what an engineer actually does in the console or, you know, live mixer or even post, I guess it qualifies. Anything qualifies in the world of sound, right? I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) So many different subcategories. We were talking about the differences between live and studio. Mm -hmm. Depending on what you're doing, like say a live mixer will not have a track arm. And for a live mixer, you're going to have various outputs uh, for auxiliaries. How proficient are you with the studio versus live? I have way more experience doing live. It's something I've been doing most of my life in a church setting. I guess recently I've been doing more of the EQing side of things rather than just balancing people's uh, volume levels and trying to hear everybody at once. Cool, cool. So you're studying right now. And how's that been? I went into audio technology for the major. It's been quite an experience so far just taking stuff that I thought I knew and learning a lot of things that I've been doing, I don't want to say wrong over the years, but things that had I known them sooner, I could have done a much better job before. It's one of those things where you, the um, things that you learn definitely would have been helpful, like say 10 years ago or something, when uh, they first put you to, to, <laughs> to do sound out of uh, necessity when there was no one around to do it. So how did you get your start? When was that? I want to say I was about 16 when I first started doing, I don't want to say live mixing because I was um, also the uh, lead guitarist for my church at the time. And back in those days, I was just back and forth, back and forth, uh, going to the sound booth, checking how things are going, running back to the guitar again, just before service would start. And then um, this church I used to go to maybe about three-ish years ago maybe a little longer than that. I did have to take certain weeks to let everybody do their thing on the instruments, the vocals and all that. And I would concentrate on getting everyone balanced and getting everyone situated. And I still kind of do that now at my current church. I've been doing it a lot more often now, especially because we don't have a fixed building where I'm at. So it's been very difficult having to keep the same settings And, um, you know, when it's time to put the things away, you know, the equipment, uh, a lot of things just kind of get moved or things get bumped into, cables get misplaced, stuff like that. You're a musician first, right? Originally. At least originally, yes. You're more of an engineer than a player, would you say? Mm, I guess I would say I'm somewhere in the middle. Okay. I know I shouldn't pit one against the other. No, but that's fine. I mean... I guess more recently, I've been letting the tech side take a little more priority, especially because we have players, we have performers. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to perform on the guitar. I mean, I, I'm, I feel very confident in what I do know. I play a lot by ear, especially when things go outside of the script. A lot of engineers play by ear, and I think that's really cool. I think that's why 
we get into it because we're like, hey, we can play by ear. And so we could easily do this for someone else. Right. Definitely. It really does help because uh, that is something that I've been doing just this year so far after taking uh, the beginner class for audio. you know, when I first switched into the program, my professor would tell us uh, it's good to train our ears. So I've been doing that, you know, bought a set of good quality headphones. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to a lot of my music in lossless now to see if I can actually hear the quality differences or even some of the minute details. And I'm still a novice when it comes to that, but it really is helping because now I have a better concept of how to equalize, you know, different things, different people. It's been very challenging, especially in the last couple of months, especially when certain vocals have this very particular quality to them. It's very difficult to mix sometimes, but I'm, I'm getting there. You like the challenge, don't you? Yes. I actually do like this challenge. Anything that's tech related, I really like to challenge myself in that. So this being a very technical part of live mixing, it's something that I've kind of put upon myself to really try to figure out. That's pretty rad. That's pretty rad. So you've been a decade, which is not unheard of in the music space. So what, you were like 19, 20, kind of doing your stuff as a guitarist? Actually, I've been doing guitar for... Probably longer. Yeah, a lot longer. I want to say about 14 when I started playing guitar for the church, like full-time. And you were doing on the main stage Yes. for the main worship team. Yes, that, that's right. So where was your segue into sound? So getting into sound, our main sound guy, he moved out of state. So we had no one to really fill in for him. And I had picked up a few things from him over the span of, I want to say, a couple of years. Something like that, just on and off, just little things that, that he would show me here and there. And when he ended up leaving and moved out of state, I picked up some of the pieces and started uh, moving things around. I learned how to assign channels into groups and how to put specific channels on which monitors, stuff like that, how to wire things together eventually. And so you learned that from personal trial and error. Yes. That's pretty rad. When did you decide to like take your educational more formal direction? I guess for the education side of things, in the beginning, I was skeptical because I guess uh, my parents had this idea of, you know, like the broken, starving artist. Uh, <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> what can you do with it? Kind of question. My parents would, um, you know, whatever it is that I would decide that I wanted to at that time, they would always ask me, well, how can you use this out in the field or what kind of job can you get with it? And if I didn't have an answer, you know, I kind of had to figure out something else. But over the years, I figured out, especially I actually have a friend who does a lot of high production type of things. Um, he's always posting his work on his social media uh, once it's been released, of course. Content marketing, right? Yes, I guess I could say that. And that really got me excited for, um, I guess, the education side of things. I was like, well, what if I could do something like this or maybe something similar? What if we could work together? Stuff like that. So then I started looking into the audio program at the school in college, and I saw that there was a program for it. And seeing what classes are needed for it, I figured, you know what, I have the time for it right now. My original plans aren't exactly going down the way I hoped they would. So I figured, you know what, I don't have all that much to lose. Let me try this out. And so far, I've been loving it. 
every step of the way, everything that I've been learning, I've even been starting to learn different things outside of school that is related to audio. And especially with audio networking, since a lot of systems are going IP based now, I mean, we got AVB and there's also Dante. I've been taking Dante certifications outside of the school system, just completely on my own. And eventually I'm going to have to start doing networking stuff as well. So I'll have to reconnect with my Cisco stuff again. I guess we could say it's a snowballing effect. One thing leads to another, to another, and bigger and bigger things each time. Can we elaborate on that story next episode? Sure. I would love to come back. This has been fun. <laughs> well, you will be back next week and we'll further elaborate. So, uh, yes. Kevin, you have a great week and appreciate your voice. Thank you. And everybody take care. All right. Take it easy and be sure to tune in next week to the Rick Tape Podcast. All of you out there, you have a lovely day and we'll talk to you soon.